Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I am your host Matthew, joining me today my co-host is Robert. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, a little tired. Uh, work ran a couple hours late today, which is why we're recording about three hours late mm-hmm. uh, for a little inside baseball for everybody <laughs> that actually cares about that stuff. Uh, so I'm a little tired, a little wired, but other than that, I'm ready to go. Cool. Cool. Uh, so, of course, the big topic of this week is going to be E3. We, we will get there in our normal news section, because that's what E3 is, it's news. Uh, but what have you been playing within the last week? Uh, a bunch of random stuff. Well, not random stuff. It's all stuff that I've been playing before, but stuff that I'd kind of let fall into the wayside, because, as everybody knows, I've been really deep into uh, but into Division 2. Uh, but part of the E3 news, which uh, it's not really news, it's just something that came out, was the first massive DLC for uh, State of Decay 2, which is a game that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, their first big uh, uh, DLC came out, and so I've been playing a good chunk of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got more back into uh, um, Dragon Quest XI, uh, Warriors of Elusive Age. I kind of let that fall into the wayside, and with the announcement from E3... That a definitive S edition is coming to the Switch. Uh, I got back into that. Uh, played a good chunk of that. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, I mean, I'm still doing uh, Division Two. Uh, it's still my pretty much my main go-to game. A uh, lot of fun in that. I like I said before on last week's podcast, I finished the major story. Now I'm just doing all the fun stuff uh, past the main story. Mm-hmm. So we're just you know kind of clearing up on that and soaking up on that. Uh, but yeah, it's been kind of a busy week, uh, personal-wise, so other than that, uh, I haven't really had a whole lot of time to game game. Mm-hmm. I've oddly been in the same kind of a situation, and you'll discover in the housekeeping section kind of as to why. Because uh, there's something in there that, uh, well, I did send it to you earlier, we won't reveal it here, but we'll talk about it in a bit. Um, so, I'll, I'll, yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, yeah, I've, I finished um, Days Gone. And I, of course, put my uh, spoiler-free review out there on the website, so I'll let that speak for itself. Because, literally, if I'm going to sit here and tell you anything about my thoughts on the game, I probably said the same thing in the review anyway. Uh, So, uh, in order to not trample on my own words, uh, go and check out the review. And it's spoiler-free, like I said, so uh, you have no worries about being spoiled on anything. Um, Published my review also of... uh, Oh, uh, yeah, I should get into that in uh, housekeeping stuff later. Um, but for uh, Blood and Truth as well, because I also finished that. But I think I mentioned I finished that last week, maybe the week before. Uh, time's a weird thing, uh, as you've kind of uh, hinted to, or as we've both hinted to. Uh, and then I got uh, the chance to start, well not the chance, it's not like some sort of weird press thing. It was just, you know, played out at home, whatever. Uh, got the chance to start um, a play Tale Innocence, which is based on the, I believe it's based on the French Plague, which is interesting because I'm currently watching uh, Chernobyl. Uh, or Chernobyl, I think it's Chernobyl, uh, the the HBO series about the uh, nuclear explosion thing uh, that happened over there. It's on Sky Atlantic over here in in the US, in the UK rather. Uh, so it's interesting to um, yeah be be discovering both sort of um, you know terrible world events, but in like a fictional sort of setting because they're both like fictional retellings of uh, both disasters. But I did do a, a ten minute first impressions video uh, for that as well, so you can check that out as well and. I haven't actually played past that piece yet, so in terms of further thoughts, uh, I'll be coming back on the next podcast and discussing those because, yeah, you'll, you'll see my thoughts as I go through the game. 
Um, and yeah, in terms of things I'm going to be playing, like I said, um, I think I mentioned this last week, but we will be taking a, a two-week break. The pod, This podcast will only be off for one week, because when I come back on the Wednesday on the 26th, uh, we're going to record another gaming podcast on that week. So the podcast will only miss one week, um, but uh, yeah, I will be taking a two-week break. So I, I usually do this every summer when our sort of big shows finish and all that sort of thing. Plus, it's not like an un- unordinary thing. Uh, people do take breaks and vacations and things like that. So, um, yeah, once I play some other stuff as well, because I got sent Rage 2 today and uh, Bravo Team VR. Uh, and, of course, uh, Crash Team Racing comes out next week, which should be fun as well. Hopefully, I do get sent that as well. Uh, so, that should be interesting to jump into. But that's going to be roughly what I'm going to be playing over the break. Um, I'm also going to be playing Psychonauts. And I will get into, in a little bit, why I will be playing Psychonauts as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's all the stuff I want to talk about that I've been playing. Uh, let's jump into housekeeping. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, as I've kind of been hitting for the last couple of minutes, uh, I sent the link to you today and I sent it to a couple of other people and of course, you know, spread it around on social media. I was lucky, I was very lucky enough to get the chance today to speak to Nikki Rapp. Uh, if you don't know who R- Nikki Rapp is, she voiced uh, Lily on the first season of Telltale's The Walking Dead and on the fourth season of Telltale's The Walking Dead. Um, we spoke about that. We spoke about her work on Psychonauts, which is why I'm bringing, the, which is why I brought the game up just a few minutes ago. Uh, she is, of course, uh, uh, working on Psychonauts 2, which we'll be talking about here in a bit, and the whole Double Fine uh, purchase from Microsoft and all that sort of thing. We talked about all of that stuff. Uh, we talked about Walker StalkerCon, which is, of course, where I met her. We talked about uh, The Walking Dead itself, like as a, as the whole franchise. Um, yeah, just a few other things here and there uh, to Nikki, and it was a really, really good opportunity for me to, to do so. Uh, we spoke for just over an hour, roughly. Uh, the podcast is already available in a podcast feeds. It's in the Walking Dead UK feed, and obviously it's in the main Entertainment Talk feed, and of course on the website, entertainmenttalk.org. Um, yes, yeah, the first kind of thing time we've really spoken to a uh, like an actress or a voice actress or <clears throat> somebody that's like involved with all the things that we cover. So, yeah, it was pretty weird for me, uh, and especially like after we after I finished recording it and editing the episode, it was just strange to have that piece of audio in front of me. So, uh, go and check that out. It's on the Walking Dead UK feed and in the main Entertainment Talk feed. Um, and yeah, I'm really really happy with with what I got out from that. And uh, Nikki's a very very nice lady. So that was all really really fun. Uh, other stuff that we've been doing on Entertainment Talk, like I said, uh, my reviews for my spoiler-free reviews. They're both spoiler-free for uh, Blood and Truth and for Days Gone out there. Uh, my first impressions video, like I said, for A Plague Tale Innocence. 
Uh, I also did a Let's Play video where uh, I took on one of the big hordes in Days Gone. There's a character there with me in that scene, but there's no context as to who that is or why he's there. So there's no spoilers really there either. So uh, you can go and check that out as well. Um, and yeah, see if I uh, was successful in taking on the horde and what I tried to do and all that sort of stuff. It's uh, quite fun. Uh, that was quite fun to do as well. So uh, apart from when I was riding the bike and the bike wasn't making any sound. That uh, wasn't so great. So uh, you can go and check that out as well. Uh, classic reviews is, is still continuing for season 2. Today we have our second look. Or my second look. Uh, at Toy Story 1. I wasn't happy with the original review that I did. It won't be something that I'll be doing regularly. It's just that one particular podcast that I wasn't happy with. Uh, and Toy Story 1 means a lot to me. So I went back and rewatched the film. And uh, did, a, did a fresh podcast on it. So it's, it's worth listening to. I said some, you know, some different things. Some fresh things about the film. Uh, and you can go listen to that as well. So, so far we've had Back to the Future 2, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1, Episode 1 and 2. And now we've got uh, Toy Story uh, 1 as well, if you guys listen to for classic reviews. Um, we came back last week, a couple of other podcasts. We did um, another TV Talk one. Uh, that that was last week, wasn't it? When we did TV Talk and uh, I Zombie as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when we talked about, uh, when you talked about Good Omens, spoiler free. And we both talked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, uh, spoiler free as well. Um and then we talked about a bunch of other shows as well. Uh, and the other thing we did was, of course, iZombie. We did a catch-up episode for uh, up to episode 5 uh, so far for the season. Um, yeah, catching up from episodes 2 to 5 roughly for the fifth and final season. So that was out there as well. And that's roughly what we've been doing at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or on podcast platforms. Let's jump into the news, which is for this year's E3. E3 for 2019. We'll see you in a minute. Um, so I think how I want to do this is like our genuine impressions of E3 this year, just like quick thoughts and feelings, and then we can go uh, conference by conference and talk about what we uh, thought of each one. Uh, so what did you think of this year's E3 for 2019? This this year's E3 2019 was definitely a mixed bag. Um, in terms of conference, some of them were really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them didn't have a whole lot new, and that's you know kind of a good thing and a bad thing. Um, the whole lot new, just kind of dependent on more the platform in terms of Microsoft since they're the only actual, well, them and Nintendo, those are the two platforms there. Mm-hmm. And then the developer, um, some were like really, really interesting. Like I texted, I messaged you, um, during the Microsoft conference, you know, I was like, holy shit, did that it actually happened? And you're like, yeah, that actually did. And a buddy of mine, uh, Donald, who I've mentioned a few times on the podcast, that is the uh, Twitch streamer that does mm-hmm. the Overcast stuff. Him and two of the guys from the league were doing a simulcast with the Switch, and they all had the same moment reaction, which we'll get into in a minute. Uh, of holy yeah. shit, yeah, that just did happen. Um, and some I watched just for me, which I'll mention in a little bit, but I know they're not going to have a whole lot of impact for most people. Um, and some were just really kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can, can we like disqualify EA? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if we can disqualify EA, but they definitely raised some flags because I did see the first I part mean, of the EA conference. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, 
No, no. I, like I said, I, I mean, I saw the first part of it, then I had to go um, to my second job, so I didn't catch the rest of it. But the rest of it was just, you know, sports stuff. Uh, the thing I did note about E3 was that on their official official schedule, they didn't have anything for Anthem related. Nope. I do know that after the fact, they came out with um, some big DLC for Anthem, but I think that's just kind of a desperate attempt to, to prevent the final nail from going on the coffin. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't even see that get like published anywhere. So no, it came it, up as part of my. Unless it got buried, feed. so I I don't know. Um. But I, I just don't know what that company's doing. Um I mean I don't like to I don't like to bitch and moan and rant and stuff like that because we like to be positive here. But they really are just going all in on like okay, look at this one Star Wars game that we're doing and look at everything else which is live service. Um and and I'm actually surprised we'll, we'll get into predictions here in a bit, but I wanna bring one up. I kind of put it in as a thing of like oh I don't think they'll do it during that 13 minute presentation of FIFA 20 they did not show gameplay and I, I can't believe that happened because at least with the, the Star Wars thing Greg was it Greg Miller who was doing the panel they talked for 5 minutes getting hype going like oh you guys are working on Star Wars cool cool all that, all that sort of stuff they showed 15 minutes of gameplay and even though the gameplay might not have been to everyone's taste at least they showed it and then they came back and then they talked for about 5 minutes on what we just saw that's a great way to, to, to show that game um, or, or to like present it in okay we have a 30 minute slot this is what we're doing this year like 30 minutes on this game this game and this game but just show some gameplay for your stuff I mean because uh, I watched part of the presentation and this guy is saying like oh we have new uh, ball physics this year and we have this and that why can't you show me that on the screen? Um, there was like this brief 10 second thing where they showed, oh, we have this new uh, thing with free kicks where um, you you can like aim this circle and you can point this like arrow or something towards where you want to curl the ball. And they showed it very, very briefly. And I just I, I just wonder why they don't, they don't show more of their stuff. But yeah, I, I, I'm not interested in that much in talking about EA because half the stuff they, they showed uh, I wasn't interested in. Um, but just kind of quickly, what what did you think of the Star Wars demo? I suppose that's like the first talking point of, of E3. I definitely thought it was interesting. It definitely did what it was supposed to do in that it got people interested in the Star Wars franchise again. I don't think this is a game I'm going to be picking up unless it happens to hit on like some weird real, you know, weird, uh, you know, deep sale or minor sale a couple months into the launch. Uh, just because it's been so long since I played a really good single-player story Star Wars game. Yep. And that's going back to uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 is the last time I played a good... And that wasn't even a great game. That was just an okay game. That game came out at least a year too soon and had a lot of stuff cut from it just to make its release date. Uh, it's just... It's just it's been too long. And that's the... the I mean, that's the, the kind of the good side of uh, nostalgia is that you can always hit that nostalgic button and make people have that memory and get reminded of why they love that. But if then if you don't deliver on something worth doing, mm-hmm. it's just a waste of time. And nothing they've done with the Star Wars franchise since Knights 2 has been anything that I've really wanted to play. Even the <coughs> closest thing was the uh, the Knights of the Old Republic, RP, the MMORPG. And pff, that was almost 10 years ago when I think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm not interested in talking too much more about EA. I haven't even got any notes written down for them because they showed Star Wars off, and yeah, 
that that was what they showed. So it it, it looked good, um, but I, I don't know. I don't know how to judge that game until like a, another gameplay demo kind of comes out or or something. So. But it definitely, it definitely wasn't what I remembered from. In fact, once E3 was finished on the Tuesday, and I, w- I was scrolling through YouTube to to see some bits and pieces, I'd forgotten that they showed Star Wars. So maybe that was because it was the first thing I'd seen, and I'd seen so many conferences between then and whatever. But I'm sure that like if it was more memorable, um, that I would would have remembered it better. So I don't know. Uh, a- any other thoughts on E3 in general this year? No, I mean it was it was there for being there, and then I just kind of passed on it. Mm-hmm. I do. I got the sense that this was like okay, we'll show a couple of things, and there was a lot of like throughout each conference, there was a lot of like here's updates on games, especially with like Ubisoft stuff with uh, Ghost Recon and everything, um, and with uh, is it Rainbow Six Siege and, and stuff, uh, a lot of like updates for Division and things like that, and it seemed like that was a lot of what. All the all most of the companies were going for. There was new games announced and some cool things announced, which we'll, we'll get into. But I think this is the last like slow E3 before like because surely if if Microsoft is saying like hey we're gonna have Project Scarlet out next fall like the holiday next year, they have to show some big games at E3 next year. Um, I mean they said like yeah it's coming with Halo, but it's got to launch with more than Halo, so like. When them and hopefully Sony in some way, shape or form come back next next year and everybody's getting more ready for next gen games, that like there'll be a lot more to show. Because I'm sure that there's more games in development than was kind of shown off here. Um, like what all the other Microsoft Studios are kind of doing and stuff. Um, and what like, you know, the next Assassin's Creed and the next like all, all the Nintendo stuff and things like that. I'm sure that there's... There's more to probably show, but it's just being like paused for for next gen. But this wasn't a next gen E3, so that's why I think some of that stuff wasn't shown. Um, but yeah, uh, so do you want to go conference by conference now? You, you yeah, sure. Cool. So I'm going to read out all my uh, Microsoft notes, uh, and then you can read uh, some of your stuff as well. I'm sure we'll have some stuff that's the same as well, such as uh, Cyberpunk with Keanu Reeves. That was that was quite a moment. Uh, April 16th, 2020, uh, which is just the day before my birthday. So thank you, uh, CD Projekt Red. So that's nice as well. Um, yeah, what did what did you think of that? That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like the the way he presented himself, and like he gets this cool reveal in the game, uh, takes off his glasses and stuff, comes out. Did you did you think he was actually going to be there at E3, or did you think uh, he like? It was going to cut itself off from his initial reveal. I had no idea that he was going to be part of E3. Mm-hmm. Nobody did. Um, yeah, they did do a closed door demo for his part of it in E3, and obviously they had that data and that footage hasn't leaked yet. Uh, but what from they have revealed is that he's basically going to be a version or like a similarity to Cortana, to where he's kind of a hologram. Huh. He is in your head, and some people that have certain tech or enhancement abilities can see him. Uh, so he's more of a companion, but I don't think he's going to be a direct corollary to Cortana. That's just the closest analogy that anybody's been able to get to him. But obviously, you know the in you know the closed door behind the scenes, no footage allowed kind of mm-hmm. video and things that people have reported on. That's the closest thing that they can come to. But still, having Keanu as a sidekick, fuck yeah, sign me up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, and he comes out on the stage and um, there's the whole like uh, it, it's breathtaking. And then the guy shouts about your breathtaking. Apparently he got offered a free copy of Cyberpunk, but he turned it down for some reason. That this guy who shouted yeah. out your breathtaking and he said he didn't want the copy for some reason. Um, which I you know I would have taken that if they had offered it to me. So oh, absolutely, I would have yeah. taken it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I just love, like, you know, he comes out, he's got all this enthusiasm, and he's got, like, sure, he's got his dialogue stuff he's got to do, like, oh, this is, uh, this game, and it's breathtaking, and all this and that. Like, sure, he has to say those sorts of things, come out and talk about the game he's involved with. But, um, yeah, and then he's like, do, do you guys want to see, uh, the release date? He's like, check this out, and the way he points at the screen and stuff. I can't remember the last time we've seen something like that at E3, where someone's like, check this out, and it's pointed at the screen, and... It's all like um, hyped up and stuff. It's uh, it's really really cool. So that was great as well. Um, and yeah, he's kind of the prime sort of um, uh, male badass at the moment. If you're honest, like John Wick Three's kind of just come out and he was in that uh, Netflix ad thing or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's kind of the one to to choose at the moment for for that sort of stuff. So that's pretty great. Uh, Battle Toads got shown. Um, I don't really have too many thoughts on Battletoads. I do think that this will also... Be, did they announce a release date for this? This was one that I didn't write down for a release date. Um, but that now could... that I've seen, I mean, we got the game trailer. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how closely it follows the uh, the lore and the mythos of the original. And when I say lore and mythos, I mean... That game was infamously hard back on the NES console, which is long before your time. We're talking 86, 87. Mm -hmm. You know, just off the top of my head. But that game was legendarily hard, and I think I'd have to double check. I I think you can play the original as part of, like, the Rare Replay. And I know that the Rare Replay was either offered as a reward for watching something on Mixer or it was a game as a gold at some point. I know it's part of my library, um, I just forget how exactly I got it. Okay. Um, so check your library. You might have it and you just don't even know it. Um, but that yeah. game was legendarily hard. Like Dark Souls <laughs> to the power of Dark Souls hard. Mm. And there's been several Let's Plays that people have just been like, you know, throwing controllers and ripping your hair out because of especially one section, stuff. which they did show in the game as kind of an homage. It was a different type of section but there's one section where people would just always lose their shit mm-hmm. yeah uh, but I don't have too many thoughts on it to be, to be completely honest it's kind of before your time to be honest yeah yeah I, I get that as well so uh, something that is very much up my street uh, Ori and uh, all of the wisps spring 2020 a lot of people kind of predicted like it could be released that day it could be like a September August thing but uh, apparently yeah well, it's coming out spring 2020 so March ish February maybe they might end up going for um, I think this game looks amazing I think this looks like one of the best exclusives that, that the Xbox has um, and it kind of looks like they went with okay the same game but like bigger scale and it looks better and I mean it looked amazing in the first first place uh, the first story uh, but it looks like you know fast sort of tense um, sort of stuff that they've kind of put in but uh, yeah I, I, I'm really really looking forward to uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps did you play the first one the uh, Blind Forest I think that's what it was called I never did I know it was part of Game Pass at some point and I kept meaning to it's play it but I don't there. think yeah. I did 
Yeah. Um, I know a couple of people, a couple of online personalities that said that when they were playing the game, that the actual narrative of the game literally made them stop playing the game and cry. It was so intense in a good way of just like, this is such a beautiful story. I'm weeping. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, hats off to them for making an actual artistic game to make people just like, you know, cry. That's really incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that at some point I wanted to play it. I just never got around to it. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. I'm just surprised that it's not coming out this year. So, um, speaking of Nikki Rap and everything like that. Uh, who we talked about earlier, of course, in the housekeeping section. Um, Double Fine have been acquired by Microsoft, uh, which is their latest acquisition. Um, yeah, for for they, I don't think this will impact Psychonauts too. I think it's the same deal as like Outer Outer Worlds. Uh, so it'll pr- probably come out on PlayStation and stuff. Because uh, the original Psychonauts is on PS2 and uh, the original Xbox, uh, which is backwards compatible. By the way, if you guys want to check that out. Um, yeah, any thoughts on Double Fine being acquired by Microsoft? Uh, not really. I'm I'm guessing that that studio was probably in a bit of trouble just mm. because they've had a lot of games launch, but none of them have been just like blockbuster successes. Um, there's been uh, um, Costume Quest and Costume Quest 2, which I've played both of those. 100% Costume Quest, never got around to 100% Costume Quest 2. Uh, great games, but they just... They were more arcade games of just, like, you know, play for an hour, two hours, three hours. Okay, that's fun. There was Stacked, which I never got around to playing. I heard good things about it, but it was more of a kind of a weird, puzzly type of game. Um, Psychonauts 2, I'm really happy that that game is getting a sequel because that was such an underrated gem of the original Xbox. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, like you said, you're going to be playing it, so hopefully this Psychonauts 2 coming out will get more people to playing was... Uh, you know, an underrated gem of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, past that, I mean, you know, Microsoft is only outpaced by THQ in terms of st- uh, studio buying spree, but at least Microsoft is actually doing something with the IPs they're buying. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. By the way, Nikki voiced uh, Lily in both uh, Psychonauts and The Walking Dead, uh, but it's spelt differently in Psychonauts. It's L I L I, and then in The Walking Dead, it's just Lily, the the usual kind of spelling. Um, I was actually, because I, I was aware she was already in the game before we did today's podcast, uh, and I was kind of, um, like, l- listening for her, for her voice in, in the trailer that they showed, and then she said that, because uh, she said to me later on the podcast that uh, that Lily's, uh, the, the character of Lily wasn't actually in the trailer, so um, that's a bit of a shame, but uh, yeah, she, she is still in the game, she's still working on it and everything like that, so I mean, it's no, like, weird embargo secret, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to checking both of them out. So, I mean, hopefully I like the first one. So, that's uh, going to be an interesting place to start with that. So, um, yeah, good luck to all the all the team over there and everything. Uh, and she also did that. I don't remember them saying any kind of uh, release date, but Nikki said to me it's supposed to be out this year, uh, Psychonauts 2. Um, and I kind of had, like, a, a doubt about that just because we'd, we'd had the conversation about, like, Kingdom Hearts 3, 15 years, and Psychonauts 2 has been in development for so long, and we talked about, um, you know, games getting delayed, and how long some things take to develop, and I was just surprised that, that she said 2019, because it feels a bit more like a next year game from kind of what I saw, so uh, we shall see what happens with that, but hopefully it comes out, and hopefully it is a uh, big success. Uh, Gears 5, this was a really weird way that they showed that, just in, in, in every single aspect, this was a very weird way to 
deal with the promotion of this game. They showed a very strange trailer. And then they had the stage open up. And then they had this thing under underneath the stage. Where these WWE stars mm-hmm. were, pl- were playing Gears of War. And they announced um, this new mode. But they didn't show any gameplay for anything. And the game is out in September. I thought all of this was just really... I'm really excited for Gears of War 5. Because I, I like the Gears of War series. But I just thought the way they handled everything about Gears of War... In this entire conference was strange. Um, from the whole like. Hey the pop thing is still here. We're still doing that. Um, and like they showed a strange trailer. And they had a stage thing. And no gameplay. It was all very strange to me. So h- how do you feel about. How they showed everything Gears related. Like and... I agree with you. That it was very very strange. I'm mm. not a fan of the Gears franchise. So you know. Gears 5 coming out affects me in no way. Um. The WWE stars, I know uh, one of them, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, big streamer and has a, a really large streaming, which is embarrassing me more that I can't remember his name. <laughs> yeah. uh, so him hit, being a part of the project is really kind of a no-brainer. But past that, I mean, you know, like I've always said before, if you're a fan of the series, you've got more of the series, so hey, more power to you. Yeah, It's I'm just not anything that. that's in my will. Yeah, it's not anything that's in my wheelhouse, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to crap on you for liking it. So Right. I mean, yeah, I'm happy that the game is coming out and it looks good. I just wanted to see what the game looks like. Um, pl- didn't you just think that trailer was strange? Like, the whole, like, I don't even know how to describe what, what that trailer was. It was the main character, Kate, I think her name is. I might have that wrong. Um, and she was having, like, this... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to describe anything that was happening in that trailer. So... Um, I thought like, oh, this this thing's about to end in like two seconds, and then they're gonna cut to a trailer which will go to gameplay, and they just n- nothing like that happened. So very strange. But the game's out in September, and I'm still excited for it anyway. Uh, I put an indie montage. They they Greg Miller kind of point because I watched all these conferences with kind of funny, and Greg kind of pointed out that like they do this every year where it's like they show a whole bunch of indie games, and like. I couldn't name two that were in there, because, uh, I mean, even as he's, because, like, they uh, jot, like, almost everything down, because uh, we, we jot down things that we're, like, more interested in and stuff like that, so we're not talking about every single thing that happened, um, but he started to, like, write things down, you could see him doing it, and he's like, I, I, he couldn't keep up with it, and it was just, there were so many games shown at one time, um, how, how do you feel, because they, this isn't the first time they've shown an indie montage like this. How do you feel about the way that they kind of show these these games off? Well, it's clear that they're sticking to a kind of time limit that they give themselves. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they started, and once they ended, there was still another hour and a half between the next big game conference. So they could have given themselves more time, but they stick to this time limit on their own desire. Mm-hmm. Um, so past that, you know, it's it's scripted in that level, so I'm cool with it. It's just one of those things that obviously there's probably more than a few games that I at least had a mind curious about, but I'm just going to stick to the ones that have, like, official trailers that I can talk about and reveal and go with. Right, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, Dying Light 2 zombie stuff, I'm still very much looking for more zombie things, even though I've just, I've just finished a zombie game, but I still am looking forward to Dying Light 2. Which kind of says something interesting. 
Um, yeah, it, it's interesting when I have talked about you know EA in this as briefly as I did, and I won't go back there. But um, like, because obviously they have Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge is quite clearly dead. Um, but it will sort of be like Mirror's Edge and Zombies, both things that I like, and it will have to kind of spiritually live on in Dying Light. Uh, if you know what I mean, because they're both literally coming together. This is very much like the Mirror's Edge sort of mechanics. Not like beat for beat the same thing, but it's pretty much Mirror's Edge. Uh, with Zombies, I'm very glad I'm getting a sequel. I really like the first one. And uh, yeah, it all adds up quite nicely for me. So, uh, two things that I like coming together, one of which is pretty much permanently dead. And uh, there will be more zombie stuff, and this will just be another one of those, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, did you play the first Dying Light? Yeah, I finished the story mode for the first Dying Light. I agree with you in the Mirror's Edge analogy, uh, but not really a concept because Mirror, Mirror's Edge was all about kind of avoiding all combat and just kind of duck, duck, you know, dip, dodge, duck, dive, mm-hmm. dodging around everything. Whereas Mirror's Edge, you kind of had to craft your own weapons and just constantly slay zombies, which I'm not going to complain about. I'm always a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Dying Light 2. Yeah, kind of. I mean, if it comes cheap enough or if it comes at a point where I'm kind of hurting for a game and I don't really have anything, I'll definitely check it out. But the the first story, I mean, it was a good enough story. It just didn't hook me enough to make me really want to play the second game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, I, I'm all in for it, which is cool. So, uh, And that's supposed to be coming out early next year, which is nice. Uh, so that's all of the big games other than Halo, which we'll talk about in a minute. XCloud, um, they talked more about that, we already pretty much know what it is, um, any further thoughts on it, in terms of stuff that is, they, they said October, um, so. Until I see it with my first hands with the latency issues, I'm always gonna call bullshit on oh, it. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, um. Especially since we're not really gonna talk about it, talk about it, but they did release some stats with a Stadia on a 4K stream, in a full hour of gameplay, you're going to use a terabyte of data. <laughs> that, that whole thing's ridiculous. I, 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 I'm sorry if you believe in streaming and stuff. I'm talking in terms of more of the, the audience people that might be listening. Like, if you've pre-ordered Stadia, you, you believe in it and all that. And the whole minimum, like, 10 megabyte thing. And, no, oh, we can do... What did you say? 120 frames or 60 frames for 4K or whatever. Um, the the thing that you just said with the whole terabyte of data, like that's I, see, they didn't even uh, say how many ridiculous. frames per second. It's that's just 4K streaming, regardless of even if it was like 30 frames a second, mm-hmm. a full terabyte per hour. That's insane amount of data usage. And most, I don't know about the UK, but I mean, there's a few ISPs that offer unlimited data streaming, a data usage rather, uh, for their uh, monthly plan. Mine's kind of limited at about two terabytes. I don't really use anywhere near that unless I have to download a new game. Right, like a big even game or then, something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, downloading a big game is going to be like, you know maybe a hundred megabytes, um, so that'll eat a chunk of it. But I'm very, and I actually get an email showing my usage every month. Uh, a couple months I've been kind of close when I've had to download a lot of games at once, but for the most part I've not been close to the two terabyte limit. To to burn through half of that in an hour is insane, and I think people are going to try that for a little bit, and then they're going to get that flashing warning thing saying you're close to use of your data limit, and they're just going to be like, delete, stop, turn off, power off, yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm sorry to anyone that believes in Stadia, but I just think it's ridiculous. So. Uh, maybe in 10 years or something like that, 
when we're on... I, w- I would actually say that, not for this upcoming generation, for the PS5 one, but I think the earliest that this might work in terms of technology is like the PlayStation 6 era. And I'm not, I'm not, like, joking. I just don't think, especially in, like, this day and age, I just don't think that that's, that's really going to work. So it, it will work for a few people, and those people will really enjoy it, and I'm very happy for those people that will enjoy it, because they'll get, you know, they'll be paying for a product that they like, and that's always a good thing. Uh, you know, if it's a good product. Um... But yeah, I agree with you, the whole bandwidth thing and like minimum 10 megabytes, like still good luck with that. Um, I mean, even if you, let's say like you start um, like a brand new game that you've been waiting for, for for a while or something. And you get 20 minutes in and you get really immersed and the story's kicking off and it's starting. You know, like when, when you play like the intro part to a game and then it starts to slow down or something. Or even if it's the first 10 minutes or the first 30, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I just don't believe in it at all. So, um, but yeah, xCloud. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Microsoft handle everything to do with that. And to see the whole, you know, because Sony is supposed to be partnering with them. And everything that's going to be interesting going forward. So, uh, but it's not something I'm interested in either. So, um, it's not going to be for me or Robert, I don't think. Uh, either xCloud or Stadia. So... Uh, we will continue to download games and play them normally until that dies out for some reason. Uh, Project Scarlet um, can be your personal streaming hub thing, Phil Spencer sort of said. Um, any thoughts on the next Xbox? Because they said it's he said it's in the next year. No, he said it was uh, going to be uh, fall of twenty twenty, so yeah, a little end, over end a year away. Yeah, in the next year, so. Uh, I mean, I've, there's several people that are in an Xbox Facebook group that are starting up a separate savings account that are going to dump 10 bucks a month in until the end of the next year to, uh, so that they'll have that amount saved up to buy it. Um, probably not going to be a day one user of it, but if it pushes the cost of a 1x down enough to where I can afford it reasonably, I'm all for it. Uh, past that, I mean... I mean, like with the uh, PS, you know, not PS5, PS5, they mentioned 8K gaming. But again, that's really just a pipe dream just because, I mean, there's not uh, TVs to do uh, 8K gaming. And there's not even PCs, really, Mm. uh, to pull up uh, 8K gaming. Yeah. I'm just quickly jotting down uh, The Witcher on Switch. So, because I forgot to put that in. Um... Yeah, I'm. To me personally, it all depends what game they launch with and when they start to get games that I'm interested in. That's the only thing that's going to sell me on the Xbox. It's all good to have like Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass, and we're adding this and that to Game Pass. But like, okay, if I can still play those games on my PlayStation, that's where I'm going to be playing them because that's the platform that I've chosen. Or if those games come onto Switch, that's where I'm going to be playing them because then I have the on-the-go option and the uh, portable option. Um, and yeah, that's yeah, just and the- I'm on. Uh- I'm on Amazon's homepage right now just because I looked up 8K graphics card. Uh, there's a capture card, not even a graphics card, just a capture card that can do 8K Pro Cinema. Yeah. Cinema, and that's $700. And then the only actual graphics card I can find that can produce 8K graphics is $1,300. And like we talked about a couple, three weeks back on a podcast, the only TVs that can do that were around $10,000. Yeah. So that makes good makes for good, you know, marketing buzz speak, but it isn't really going to be something in there. So I think that's just something that they're throwing in just for like, you know, 
you know, buzzwords and tech speak and all that stuff. I don't see it actually happening. I mean, all I want from the next Xbox is for it to run really, really well, to handle load times really well, which is something that they mentioned, and to have good games. That's what mm-hmm. what I ultimately care about. Good stories, good games, good characters. Have they got that? Have they not? Or have they got half and half? Like, I could be interested in half their library, or all of it, or some of it. It just depends what they launch with. Uh, that's really what's going to be the, the selling point for me. And hey, if they have... And titles that I want three years into the generation, then I'll wait until that point to to look into it. Like instead of getting it at launch, so uh, I mean the the chances of me getting it at launch are, are, are kind of low to begin with, just because I mean yeah, depends on next E three and what they announce as launch titles. So we shall see. Um, speaking of launch titles, Halo Infinite. Uh, any thoughts on the trailer that we saw? <clears throat> yeah, this wasn't one that caught me initially. Just something that uh, was brought to my attention. I'm starting to not become a fan of Master Chief just because from that trailer, you know, he's floating out for space. We don't know how long, mm-hmm. uh, but he is floating out for space near dead. Some rando finds him, you know, rescues him, you know, uses up some of the power of his ship to bring him back to functioning status. Mm-hmm. And what's he do? He blows the airlocks and leaves the dude to die. It's kind of a dick move when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even as much as I enjoyed Halo 1, 2, 3, and 4. Um, I never quite like connected with Master Chief. It was more like okay, his relationship with Cortana and that sort of stuff. I honestly at points found Cortana more interesting than the Master Chief uh, or as John, whatever his name is. I mean, he's Master Chief. That's what everybody knows him as. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. It's going to depend because Halo Five was terrible <laughs> uh, with the whole story and stuff. I mean, I didn't finish the game because I thought the story was was so bad. But um, yeah, it kind of depends on where is everybody else, how good is the game, what have they added to it, and what's going on. Like, where is Cortana, what's she doing, and, and everything like that. So, that's what it depends on for me. And that was how they ended their conference with Halo. He said it was launching with the Xbox, that the next Xbox or Project Scarlet. Um, and, yeah, that, that was kind of it for Microsoft. A little bit of a, a show slowing, kind of, and in some weird way to present certain games, but that was ultimately what they showed. So... Uh, should we move on to Bethesda? Uh, there are a couple of things that they showed at uh, the Microsoft conference that I would like to talk about. Okay. What, what were those? Uh, the first off is the game 12 Minutes. That really intrigued me. There's actually two games that I they announced to write that this down. year yeah. that talked about like, kind of a time loop theme. This one is a top-down isometric game. And as as the title implies, is you're basically reliving like a 12-minute time period mm. in some terms of like, a murder mystery and they showed a lot of different stuff really really intrigued me yeah uh, there's I the, that was really interesting uh, as well. game rpg time yeah yeah that's definitely one i'm gonna have to follow and check out uh the next game is rpg time the legend of right uh, uh that had kind of a weird uh um, scribble knots vibe to it to where it's more of you're kind of playing the game as somebody who's kind of making their own game and that was very reminiscent of the artwork of like, you know, little stick figures and kind of pop ups and just like layers of things. Very interesting. I'm definitely going to have to follow this game, find out what the hell it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Spirit Fair looked like one of those kind of like really emotional games along the lines of uh, Journey and uh, um, Oni. Very curious to see where that's going. 
And obviously, like I mentioned before in the lead up, the uh, State of Decay 2 D, um, DLC, big thing on that. And then the surprise return of Flight Simulator, which I know is long before your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But back in the early 90s, Flight Simulator was kind of the marquee Microsoft game for having it on a PC. And in fact, there was a whole bunch of like third-party peripheral joysticks that you would have just to play Flight Simulator. It's so weird that they're bringing that game back, but it's so cool as well. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in that, just to see how, like, what it's like, I suppose. I know that's quite a basic thing to say, but um, I've kind of been interested in looking at those games in the past, but there's never really been, like, a a great one that I can yeah. find out there. So, um, yeah, like a console and thing. And Flight Sim is kind of, is, is one of those really kind of weird, zen, mellow meditation games to where mm. you're in a plane, and you just take off, and you just fly around. There's, a, there's no, like, dog fights or battles or 2D explosion things. You just fly around and then when you decide you want to land, you got to figure out how to land. Yeah. It's more like a, a training sim than anything else. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it had its place in the 90s. You know, in the early 90s is one of like the top tier premier games. And it's kind of cool that they're bringing that back. I'm curious to see how well it will be received, you know, in the modern gaming era. But past that, you know, it's definitely a nostalgia trip for me. Mm-hmm. I have kind of strange... I know I've never mentioned this before. Um, I have kind of been interested in, like... Um, if you had, like, an airport game, in a way. Like, where you control someone, either in first or third person. It doesn't matter too much. And you, like, maybe you go to work or something, but you are a, a pilot. Um, and, like, you have to go into the airport and stuff and check in for work and that sort of thing. And your your goal for that like, particular mission is, even though it sounds pretty simple, to land, like, okay, can you land a plane from this country to this country and, like, take these people, not take them on holiday, but land them where they need to go for holiday, like, can you avoid turbulence and and that sort of stuff, and can you keep these people safe? Um, But then, like, if you, you know, you physically have to land this thing, if you crash it, obviously that's that's not great or whatever, Um, and then, like, you getting, 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 getting everything sort of ready and that sort of stuff, do you know what I mean? Like, it'd be kind of cool if you could, if you could sort of do that sort of thing. I don't mean, like, you wake the guy up and have breakfast and do all that sort of stuff, but, like, if you just, um, I don't know, maybe if it starts if you, you drive to work and then you have to, you go to your workplace you get sort of all settled in and you're like whoever it is is there tells you you have to learn land this plane from here to here and then maybe you do that like, multiple times during a mission or something or maybe you could have like some leaderboard stuff i think that'd be kind of cool so uh, i mean it sounds very very basic just simply like hey get in this plane and land it somewhere but if it's a bit more realistic and stuff um that that, that could be kind of fun so uh did they give a date for that I don't know. They didn't, as far as I can tell. No, I don't remember them giving one. So, um, yeah, kind of looking forward to that. Um, that's a Game Pass game, right? I think all these games that were were shown here are going to be on Game Pass. So, uh, that would be one to look for as well. Uh, anything else from Microsoft? No, that was it. Cool. Uh, let's move on to Bethesda. What did you think of Bethesda overall? Uh, I mean, I can appreciate the self-deprecation when. Mm. They came out and talked about how the fans let them know they weren't overly happy with a few things. Yeah. But outside of that, this and this goes into the second, you know, time loop game that they talked about, uh, Death Loop. Yeah. I'm definitely interested in Death Loop. Uh, nothing else they talked about 
I had even the remotest interest in. I mean, uh, Fallout 76 update to where it's a, um, a DLC where you're basically in a battle royale. Man, I don't care. Uh, yeah. Commander Keen, I mean, that even is borderlining on miles. I, for, I didn't and, write that down, and I forgot about that. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember Commander Keen. It was one of those things that that was kind of a staple of the game. The fact they turned it into a mobile, next-generation kids game, uh, hard pass on that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, nothing so else really jumped out at me. Specific question for you as a Fallout fan and a Fallout 76 player. How do you feel about, I guess, everything involving the game now? Uh, well, they. I like the fact that they did acknowledge their mistakes. I will definitely give them credit on that. Them giving a full week as a free trial to gamers, which is going on now to the 17th. So you got another five days if you want to check that out. Uh, definitely interested in that. Um, I do own the game. So whenever the DLC comes out to that, they reintroduce the human NPCs yeah. and bring back the dialogue trees, I'll at least try it. Right, see, uh, you how, know, see I, how they've pulled that off and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan boy, like I've said before, of Bethesda games, so I at least owe them that much. I mean, if they disappoint me again, yeah, completely deleted off of uh, my console. Mm-hmm. Really don't care past that. None of the other games they talked about really even spark anything up for me. Okay. Um, well, I, I'm, you know, I don't have specific things to say about Fallout because I'm not in that wheelhouse with it. I... As a person, because we're coming from two different angles, you said, like you said, you're the you're a fan of the game and all that sort of stuff, and I've played Fallout 4, and that's all I've kind of done with the, with the franchise, and played Fallout Shower and that, but who didn't? Um, I I was kind of okay with uh, their apology, I mean, I, I think, as far as I can remember, Todd Howard came out twice and apologized for Fallout and everything, which I thought was, was good of him. I mean, like, them adding NPCs and apologizing and adding other stuff what more can they kind of do i mean if like you as a fan say there's something else that you want i guess there's there's some other stuff they could do but you know like i said as a fan that's not in there with the game and stuff and don't know about like the specific things that need fixing like the specific missions and stuff like that uh i I was kind of okay with uh what they came out and, and did basically uh so um, Blades is out now, I did download it for my phone, the only reason I did do that, because that's something you'd never hear me say on a podcast, is I downloaded a game to my phone, uh, not to put them down or anything, I just don't play games on my phone, it's as simple as that, uh, they said they're, they're going to be launching on Switch later, which of course did colour me interested, and they also said it will be cross, uh, play and cross progression, so he said, like, hey, if you download this today on your phone, you can make some progression, then when we bring it out for the Switch, you can switch over to that, uh, we'll go over to there and continue playing. So I'm going to see how much progress I can kind of make if I even continue to like the game, I suppose. Uh, and then see what it's like on Switch and stuff. Because it's got like the motion control stuff, which looks kind of interesting. It's not something I'm going to put a massive amount of time into, but it's just something that's interesting to me. It's a, a little mini kind of Elder Scrolls type of thing with bl- blades, and it's going to be on Switch. So that kind of has me interested as well. Uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, I really liked Wolfenstein 2, uh, New Colossus, and this looks, well, it's going to be a sequel, it's got um, BJ Blaskovich, Blaskovich, I'll just call him BJ, um, the, the dad of these two daughters, uh, he's gone kind of missing, they said, and you're, it's up to you to control these, uh, or play as these daughters and find him, which sounds interesting to me, I'm in there for the, the sequel, and uh, I'm going to be um, playing that in July, I think that comes out, July 26th or something. Uh, that date was already uh, announced beforehand, but they did uh, re-announce that, I suppose. Uh, what about you for Wolfenstein? Any interest in that franchise? 
No, not really. No? Okay. Um, Ghostwire, which a lot of people joked was the uh, Bethesda's Hawkeye, because <laughs> it's uh, Tokyo and stuff like that. Um, any thoughts on Ghostwire, the trailer that they dropped and stuff? Uh, I vaguely just remember it outside of that. No, not really. Okay. I mean, it looks like a, it could potentially be an interesting like samurai game. I think this was also the one where people started going uh, going missing or something. Because I remember Kevin on the kind of funny stream joked about uh, it being tied into the leftovers, uh, which was uh, the HBO show, uh, which was very good as well. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what they could do with that. It was only a new kind of trailer and stuff, so we'll see what happens with that in the future. Uh, Deathloop, they showed that off, and that's basically where you're going to be playing in like a Groundhog's Day type of thing, where you fight this guy and this woman are fighting each other, and one of them, it's like one of us has to die for this loop to end or something. It had me kind of interested to see what what Bethesda could do with that concept. Um, did you have any interest in Deathloop? Uh, in the game itself, no. I am absolutely fascinated with the game's director, uh, her name is Akumi Nakamura, and she very, very quickly became very memeable. Um, she was the one that kind of had like her hands out, you know, dancing around, very, very excitable mm. on the platform itself. Um, if you do a Google image search of her, you can tell that she's very, very into the game, and the internet's kind of loved her and embraced her on that level. That's good. Uh, so it's always fascinating when somebody becomes, you know, that you know that popular that very quickly she's already got like some manga out for her a lot of fan art out for her so hopefully you know the internet won't be horrible to her no, um, that. past that yeah yeah definitely <laughs> don't do that yeah uh, but past that i mean the game didn't really jump out at me but you know i'm always willing to be surprised mm-hmm. this is something i'm going to very quickly bring up and I just want like a simple yes or no. Did you see the political kind of tweet that I had the other day? It was something very positive. I just want to know if you saw that in regards I to... I don't remember, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I Like I said, work's been really crazy, and I don't have anything jumping out at me. So Okay, I just wanted to know, because we're talking about like uh, liking people and stuff, so I just wanted mm-hmm. to know if you'd seen that. Um, yeah, it was a one-off tweet, and, uh, I mean, it was more of a positive thing than anything else, so, if you're, if you're interested, if you're not interested, uh, you and the, and the audience, you don't, it's not like a must-read thing, but it's just something that I wanted to put out there as a bit of positivity, which is what we could all use. Um, yeah, and that was it for, for Bethesda, like I said, I still think that they're safe, obviously they got, um, is it Starlink or Starfield? Star, Star Starfield. Yeah, well, Starlink, Starlink is the, um, that's the Ubisoft game, isn't it? I don't, uh, think so. I don't think Starlink is anything. Starlink. There was something Star related that was at Ubisoft last year, I think. Anyway, um, they said they wouldn't be showing that or Elder Scrolls 6 is the next one. Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, they said Starfield that... and Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, the they one. said they wouldn't be showing that, so nobody expected it. And they still kind of said, hey, I know you wanted to see it, but uh, it's not going to be here this year. So they kind of firmly put down the expectation of that. Square Enix, I have three games written down, I think you probably want to talk about the same three, because there was a ton of JRPGs that were shown that were to do with Final Fantasy, which I wasn't going to write them down, because I'm not going to play many of them. Um, What did you think of Square Enix overall, though? Uh, Very odd. Um, The three, Mm. actually, the three that I want to talk about probably are different from yours. Um, The first one is Life is Strange 2. Um, I like the fact that they have a 
you know, broad enough and an interested enough fan base that they're going to, you know, bring that to that. I did find their trailer odd since they mixed their gameplay with a lot of fan reactions mm-hmm. to some of the fans that had played it earlier than that. Uh, was that on your list or? I mean, I'm surprised that they actually showed it because the game's already had three episodes or two episodes. I think it's mm-hmm. three episodes. Um, so I, I like, forget. Yeah, so I was like, oh, you're showing this off? This has already been released. But okay, maybe it was like a reminder of, hey, we're still doing. Life is Strange, which is fine. I just didn't expect to see it there. So, um, I already have the interest anyway because I've already played two episodes. I keep to get, I keep forgetting to play that third episode because we've both been, uh, we're both kind of been wrapped up in a lot of stuff lately, uh, myself included. Um, and I just simply keep forgetting to play that third episode. Although, episode four is out in September and episode five is out in December, so it's not like I need to catch up anytime soon. <laughs> Uh, with, with the game. Um, so yeah, you, you had Life is Strange written down. What was the other two? Uh, the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles remastered was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Not so much the remaster itself. I mean, we seem to be in the era of remaster. Yep. It's just that the game is coming out to PS4 and Switch, but not to PC and Xbox. Mm. Yeah, so I think that's kind of cool. Uh, well, I'm I'm assuming the third game we both have written down is Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. I, I want to save. I don't want to like mix that in with other <coughs> discussion as well. Um, I think Square Enix had had a good showing. I think the whole when they transition between frames of pictures, like picture frames, and they mysteriously like zoomed in on it and was like, "What's this next thing?" I think that was an interesting way to do things. Actually. Uh, yeah, I, it was very interesting. Yeah, I quite like that. And even if like hey, we're zooming towards this frame and it's green, that doesn't mean anything necessarily. So that was a, an interesting, mysterious way to, to reveal your games. So, uh, Final Fantasy VII, I'm going to give this a try. Will I finish it? I have no idea. Um, but it looks interesting enough to me that I want to play it and jump in and see what it's like. Um, but it could be Kingdom Hearts 3 all over again where I play it and then just kind of lose focus and lose interest, lose interest in it. Um, what, about you, what about you for Final Fantasy VII? Uh, well, it's like somebody else pointed out to me. Let's not forget that the Great One himself was fired off of Metal Gear Solid Five, got hired on to do PT, got enough of PT done to get a demo available, got fired off of that, started his own studio, and is going to get uh, Day um, Death Stranding out before the Final Fantasy VII remake Episode One even launches. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's. That's funny. But yeah, outside of that, I mean, I've always said that I don't get the hype around Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to crap on anybody's love for it. I mean, if this is a beloved franchise and a beloved game for you and you're getting more of it, more power to you. Mm-hmm. That's just not a hype train I'm going to be boarding on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, I had kind of the same reaction about 8. Because uh, I looked at the footage for 8. I don't recognize a single one of those characters. But um, I saw a lot of people getting very excited. It's, it's nice to see people getting excited about like. Oh my god this game from my childhood. Or even, not even necessarily childhood. Game from you know nostalgic game to them. Is getting remastered. Um, which is also apparently coming out this year. <laughs> for uh, 2019. Which got a date on it. That, that, that surprised me more than the remaster itself. I was like oh this is going to be like a 2020 game. After Final Fantasy 7. Uh, but no, apparently this is coming out before 7, which, did, did that surprise you as much as it surprised me? 
Uh, not really, just because Seven has been delayed for so long and so many times. I'll believe the second coming of Jesus is going to happen before <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven comes out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what date did Final Fantasy got like a March date for Episode One or something? I honestly don't even remember. Yeah, I I saw on Twitter somebody asked someone from Square and it's like. Okay, you've got the still book thing. It's got two discs. Is that two episodes? And they said, well, we're not sure. So hopefully that doesn't mean the game is in any kind of trouble. Hopefully you do get Final Fantasy VII in some way, shape, or form on March. Uh, in March 2020, just for those fans. I don't want to see you know games getting delayed and stuff. But we don't know what that means. So, um, yeah, because somebody at Square doesn't know what that means. So what are we supposed to think that, that means? But anyway, if you're excited for Final Fantasy, I mean, there's a lot of it coming. Because, my God, they showed a lot of... Um, I-, I don't know if these are ports, remasters, what they were. There was just a bunch of Final Fantasy games talked about. So, yeah, if you're a, Final Fan- if you're a fan of Final Fantasy uh, in any way, shape, or form, it looks like you've got a good future ahead of you. So, um, that's that as well. Avengers finally got shown off. Um, Robert, what do you think? Uh, Well, it's definitely interesting in the sense that they're taking some of the cues from the main, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they're definitely going their own direction. Yeah, Square's take. Uh, Probably my favorite thing is the meme that's been going around. Did you ever see the old movie Spaceballs? Spaceballs? I don't think so, but if you should, I'll I'll look up a picture quickly. Yeah, it was a... It was kind of a parody movie of the uh, Star Wars genre that Mel Brooks did. And there's a very, very funny scene to where you see the main characters running away. And they have a harrowing escape and then they get captured by the bad guys. Oh, you're talking and about the stunt double a, thing? Yeah, the yeah. main bad guy comes in and says, you didn't capture them, you captured their stunt doubles. <laughs> and then they had that scene and the pictures from the Avengers game coming out. Yeah. So... Uh, if you haven't seen that movie, and if you're a fan at all of sci-fi movies, you should absolutely watch that. It is friggin' hilarious. Cool. Um, nice. You know, very notable characters in it. Obviously, Mel Brooks, he has his own role in it. Uh, you know, Joan Rivers, who has sadly passed. John Candy, who has sadly passed. Uh, both have major roles in it. Mm-hmm. Absolute great movie, and it just shows why Mel Brooks is just a phenomenal film director in the ter- in the realms of comedy. Uh, past that, I mean, I'm curious to see how that game is, you know, a lasting game as they described it. Mm-hmm. You well, know, I mean, I'm, you can add like several different events and characters, and yeah, I'm, I'm more fearful you can pull from of like stuff, a game so. of service kind of a thing like some so many games have become mm-hmm. to where you just don't buy the play buy the game play the game and finish the game you just you gotta keep playing it over and over again for different things yeah yeah it sounds to me like what they're trying to do is there will be a story here which they showed the, the trailer for and everything um like with cap dying which is not a spoiler because it's in the trailer um with cap dying or at least seemingly dying we know what comic books can be like and stuff uh and then like having to sort out what happened because we're in a bit of a slightly dystopian type of feel or like a dark kind of future with with these characters and then it sounds like okay we're gonna have a story here which has got like co-op options and then we're gonna have like an evolving world so as long as they i want them to kind of try and do both in a way where like there is a story here and you can kind of do that but um there's also like an evolving world me personally i'm i'm all in on this game um 
And it's really strange to me how in the conference they clearly stated like this is Square's take, this is a different thing. We knew already it wasn't tied into the MCU and already I'm seeing people saying like oh this looks something like the films, where's Robert Downey Jr. And it's like did did you not listen to like what they said and stuff? It's it's, it's so strange Um, because it was so obvious like okay these these are going to look like uh, Iron Man and Thor and everybody else but they're going to look like different versions of those characters and they're going to have slightly different suits and... Obviously, the voice actors will be will be different and stuff like that. Um, well, different it, in the sense that they're not the characters from the MCU, but they've gotten yeah different the, versions. Pretty of those much every voice characters. actor that you would expect. Uh, yeah, Troy, you know, Troy Baker and Laura Bailey are both doing voice acting of it, so they do all the voice acting these days. Mm-hmm. See, I I fully expected that already going in. Um, and like, sure, they look different, but they're kind of supposed to. They sound different because they're different actors. Um, and they're different, like they're the same characters, but just different versions. Um, I'm surprisingly invested in like, okay, if you're gonna add like, okay, green. Go- this is just a completely random example. I don't know if this will be in the game. That like, green goblin is terrorizing the city with Doctor Doom or something like that, and you have to take control of Iron Man and or whoever and do this as a particular event you can level up and stuff like that i'm really really interested to see what they would add and obviously there's going to be they said like we're going to make um additions of characters because obviously you're going to get like spider-man and uh, hopefully if sony gets on board like spider-man and black panther and some of these other characters and there's a whole bunch of people you could pull from so um yeah i'm really really interested to see where this will go and they showed uh bits and pieces of the gameplay there's a couple of bits where uh Hulk like stamps on a, a tank and like flips it over and stuff. The gameplay looks great to me, so I'm uh, all invested in this. Uh, it's just a shame that we have to wait until was it March or May, uh, twenty twenty? I think they said May twenty twenty. I think May as well. Something <coughs> that would really, really get me interested in it. A mm-hmm. uh, long time ago, well, not a long, long time ago, but back in like oh five, oh six, there was an MMO called City of Heroes, and it kind of had this vibe to it to where they had a very, very, very extensive character creator, and it basically dropped you in a world where you could create your own superhero. And when I say very extensive, I mean it was literally in the trillions of different, you know, combinations okay. visually of what you could make your character look like. And then they had they had um, skill archetypes like you could be, you know, speed power, strength power, firepower, things like that. And it had. It didn't have notable characters in it because it was his own unique IP. Mm-hmm. But if they created something to where you were in the Marvel Universe, but you got to create your own superhero character, and then all the stuff they showed with like Scarlet, you know, you know, Black Widow and Hulk and Iron Man and all that, if you were just like, you know, trying to help out and they had to do something and jumped in as like a tag team partner, that would make me really invested. In it. I would be all over that. Okay, that's actually not what I'm interested in. I'm more interested in playing as these characters and like, oh, you've added Black Panther or Spider-Man or uh, Doctor Strange or whoever, like, always oh, got new abilities. I'm more interested in it from that angle because um, I remember when I jumped into DC Universe online on, on PS4 and stuff, and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, create your own character and you can fly around with 200 other people that have made their own characters and you can do missions and stuff. I was like, well, I want to, like go up and talk to Batman and Superman and what are they up to and that sort of thing and that wasn't really there um, it, was a, it was a good enough game it just wasn't what I wanted from that angle so if this is going to be like I said a revo- an evolving world where 
new characters are added and you can play as them and you can switch between them and like maybe certain heroes have specific missions tied to specific villains and stuff that would still be be pretty cool that's kind of more what i'm interested in but hey if you maybe get the option as like hey do you want to create a character or players just normal avengers that will satisfy both audiences um but I, i'm just more interested in playing as the actual avengers themselves so uh back at no, I, I mean i completely understand yeah. that i'm just saying that's something that i would definitely you know be interested in mm-hmm. uh, on my level but i can absolutely get along with what you're doing so yeah hey maybe you could do both so um, or maybe I could play as Spider-Man and you could play as your created character. So, mm-hmm. uh, that would be cool as well. Um, but yeah, I'm all invested in that game and it will be very cool to see how that is going forward. Um, anything else from, uh, who was that we just talked about? Square Enix? Square Enix, yeah, nope. Cool. Uh, Ubisoft. All I've written down is Watch Dogs Legion. So, uh, yeah, did, did, did you, should we just talk about that or did you have anything else because i have some cool stuff to say about watchdogs legion there's nothing from the the ubisoft press conference that i saw outside of legion that i would even remotely want to talk about okay did you play watchdogs one or two i think i've asked you that before yeah i finished the story mode for one and got a good chunk of it done i never got around to playing two um legion i'm kind of on the fence on okay is there any uh particular reasons or yeah, just because I like the concept of having multiple characters or being switched between, you know, this skill set, that skill set, and that skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with that is that it's hard to really come up with a uh, unified storyline. And the storyline that, yeah. that they, yeah, the storyline that they presented is clearly from a weirdly ideological, political, you know, paranoia scale. Yeah. Um, and like I've said several times on different podcasts, I personally think 90% of politics is just noise made by idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, but factually, from what they presented, I think they're just 100% wrong of where they think the world will go after the event they're projecting right, to happen happens. Brexit, yeah. yeah. I, as a British person myself, I found that pretty funny. <laughs> This is like, okay, this isn't what the UK is going to look like at all. No one's going to be able to afford drones. Buses won't look like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, the the drone things, I can kind of sort of see, not a little bit. I mean, bit, I understand it in the just... world of watchdogs, but like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, not even in the world of watchdogs. I mean, it's a well-known fact that London is the most uh, surveilled city in the world. Mm-hmm. There's literally CCTV cameras everywhere. So that evolving into flying drones, I can kind of accept the fact that, you know, just leaving the EU would make all those drones armed and start killing people. <laughs> I don't see that at all. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but again, I, that's, I don't so, know that's, that, that's but... somebody's paranoia fantasy happening. Right, right. Um, and I'm... Um, because, you know, like I said, as a Brit, and, as a Brit myself, um, and, like, obviously I've walked streets of London and all that sort of stuff, I recognise uh, what what the UK looks like and everything. It's just like, okay, this is possibly Brexit, but in, like, 20 years <laughs> after Brexit. Well, not even so. 20, 20 years with a lot of extreme events happening. Right, yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of gunplay from what I saw, and unless something's changed in the last 10 minutes, I think, are guns illegal in London? I think. So yeah, I don't. Policemen don't have. Uh, yeah, most even even the policemen, most of them don't have guns. Mm-hmm. So, 
but somehow drones are going to start getting armed, you know, resistance and start popping off caps. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to find that funny, but it just is. Just looking at like, okay, this is somebody's interpretation yeah. of, okay, it's watchdogs. You're adding watchdogs in here, and I get that. And watchdogs already had guns in it, but yeah, just seeing like that was uh, just someone's like interpretation said, of that was was funny. So, and like I said before, that was always my problem with the Watchdog series. It's not that you can't do both, but mm-hmm. you know, hacking is a very specific skill set, and gunplay is also a very specific skill set, and you can train in both. They just don't cross over a whole lot Mm. and the fact that i wanted watchdogs to be a very stealthy sneaky hide around hacky things to get other things done and it very very quickly devolved into a run and gun shoot everything kind of a game and it just kind of looks like that's what's going to happen with the two and the legion that's coming out so yeah um, but in terms of the game itself, outside of the whole Brexit stuff, I'm really, really excited for this game. Everything they showed me, I was interested in. I do agree with you in a way of like, okay, if you control John and he is a military expert, again, random example of a character that probably doesn't exist. Uh, you control John and he's an ex-military and he's really skilled and trained and... Okay, if his character starts like develop and he develops a story with, again, made-up name, Julie, who has whatever background and like they start to develop relationship not necessarily like a relationship relationship but like a friendship or they develop a plot one of them gets killed and i now take control of like if john gets killed then they now take control of tommy and he has a different background is a different person what do you do with the other plot or is there just like a dead sec uh plot in there that kind of like has background characters that can't be killed like people outside the of you that wouldn't be controlled i don't yeah i agree with you i don't know quite how that works and i'm interested to see how they do pull, pull that together but in terms of everything they showed i'm i'm all in on this game so yeah um, i mean they can definitely revolve a plot around specific tasks that needed to be done right um yeah. especially with the dead set thing you know they need to stop this event from happening they need Mm -hmm. to stop this person from succeeding and that can work on some level but then you lose all agency with the actual characters themselves they just become interchangeable cogs in the machine which ironically is the opposite of what they're trying to promote with the whole you know freedom from the organization or freedom from the uh bureaucracy that is uh you know watchdogs Mm -hmm. yeah um no Splinter Cell, but he is going to be in a mobile game, which I've forgotten the name of because I didn't write it down because I'm not interested in it. Uh, they and I didn't that, care about, so yeah. I didn't write it down either. They, they, so they show this team of five and they go through, this is this person and they get to Sam Fisher last. Uh, you can see it's already him because the whole goggles and pistol and all that sort of stuff in his outfit. Uh, am I right again that they're like maybe just saving Splinter Cell for PS5 and Xbox Scarlet? Who knows anymore? I mean, it's been so long since we've had a proper Splinter Cell game. And the fact that Microsoft announced that all the old uh, Splinter Cell games are now backwards compatible, even the uh, original Xbox game, mm-hmm. they're all part of the back compat now. So you can buy and play any of them. Yeah. And that's part of the weird software wizardry that Microsoft is doing with their backwards compatibility is that they actually upscaled and up the original Xbox games to where they're not quite, you know, 1X enhanced games. But they're better. But they yeah. they definitely look 
better than the 360 games. And I can attest, not specifically the Splinter Cell, but I have bought a couple of original Xbox games and played them on my One X. Not my One X, my One S. Mm-hmm. And they look way better than the original Xbox games did. Um, okay, cool. And like I said, that's just a testament to their skills in the software programming department, the fact that they can do that. And that's why I've said multiple times on the podcast that the next console that's coming out is not going to be the next generation. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be the next hardware refresh because they essentially eliminated generations. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I, but that kind of goes along with my thought of like, okay, let's say they did announce another Splinter Cell when it's coming out spring of next year, and in the end of next year, PS5 and Xbox, then the new one comes out, and they're both backwards compatible anyway, why does it matter if that's a next-gen title or not? Because it will look great if it's a new game that's coming out in 2020, um, like, like well, all the new games that are coming out in 2020, Cyberpunk and Dying Light and everything else why would it matter if it's a launch title? If you can play it anyway and it looks as good as what it already does, um, like a Last of Us 2 when that comes out, if that's a, well, they, they said, well, it should be a PS4 game. When that's backwards compatible on PS5, will it need a graphics update? I'm pretty sure that it won't. <laughs> Cause... Well, see, so that's kind of the future-proofing and the thing that Microsoft has put themselves yeah. really at the lead in. If you own a PS4 and you by Cyberpunk 2077 on PS4, mm-hmm. it's locked to that state. If you get the PS5, <clears throat> there's no 100% guarantee that it's going to be playable on PS5. It might be backwards compatible to a point, but there's no yeah. guarantee on how it will play. Whereas if you buy uh, Cyber... And I did pre-order Cyberpunk 2077, and I did get the email yesterday saying that the delivery date did update to the launch date for April in 2020. That's cool. You know, I could play it on my 1S, and let's say money happens to sort itself out to where I can buy a Scarlet and skip the X, mm-hmm. and they all issue out a uh, Scarlet update for the enhancements for that Scarlet. Then I just download that update. I already have the game, and it just plays with that updated level and that updated scale. Nothing I own the game with um, changes. Even if they don't issue that update, I can still play it on Scarlet because that's not a generational shift. Yeah. It's not an architecture sk- shift. It's not a you know game console shift. It's just a better version of the platform that I already play on. Yeah. And I've, I know I've said this several times on the podcast. That's a position that Microsoft staked out a while ago just to kind of future-proof themselves. So now, functionally, they're in a much better position than PS5 is because, I mean, hell, PS4 can't even change your username without some games completely breaking. (laughs) Are we really going to trust PS4 to PS5 tech upgrades with a software patch? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just talking in terms of, like, you know, will these games need to look better if they're recent kind of thing. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which at the end of the day is an irrelevant concept, considering you know we're barely at a thirty-five percent ish saturation rate with four K TVs, mm. and we're not even anywhere near ten percent saturation for eight K TVs. So upscaling it to eight K means nothing <coughs> outside of like prom- promotional speak. Yeah, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much Ubisoft. I mean, John Bertholzer, cool to see him. So 
<laughs> yeah, uh, outside of that, they didn't show anything else that I think that we're interested in. So, uh, we're going to move on to Nintendo. Uh, Luigi's Mansion, been excited for that. Uh, it looks like a, well, it looks like Luigi is a Ghostbuster, in a way. Um, but mm-hmm. with some different mechanics, I suppose. Looks fun, looks interesting, looks cool. I'm excited to play that when that comes out. Um, but uh, let me rewind a little bit. What did you think of Nintendo's Direct for E3? Uh, I like the fact that they have everything pre-recorded, so there's no audience, there's no weird mm. delays, there's no anything. Yeah, uh, nothing that actually got announced or launched at the direct. I really cared about. I was like, we talked in some one of the early previews about the possibility of having a new uh, console or an updated console or a cheaper console price. Yeah, uh, none of that we got. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing. It's not like the console was like crazy overpriced anyway. Right. For what you get versus what the console is, I think the price point is actually quite fair. Mm-hmm. I know several people that were kind of hoping for either something new or something uh, updated just in terms of that. But, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of the games that they announced, since I don't own the console, or any games that I'm going to be playing... Right, you know, kind of in the wheelhouse sort of thing with, with that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's specific to me, and if something comes along to where I do get a switch, you know, then maybe that'll happen. But until then, you know, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Luigi, yeah, Luigi's mentioned. I'm interested in that. Uh, should be kind of fun. So, like, I'm not expecting like a hairy, uh, heavy <laughs> narrative or anything like that for Luigi's mention, but uh, should be some fun. So that's good as well. Uh, Link's Awakening, again, looks really, really fun. I mean, that's kind of Nintendo, right? They try and make fun, family-friendly mm-hmm. games. That's what they've been doing. So they're continuing and to Link's do that. Awakening technically is a remake from the old 1993 yeah, so, uh, Game Boy game. Yeah, so a re- remaster or remake. I can't remember how they're phrasing it, but uh, it's Link's Awakening for the Switch. Um, yeah, again, looks fun. I'm, I'm interested as somebody who recently finished a Breath of the Wild review on the website. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see uh, Link in a different kind of setting, but still fundamentally, you know, Zelda and Link and all that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, will I play all of it? I I don't know. Like, it could be different enough to where I don't enjoy it as much, but uh, it looks good enough to where I will definitely uh, give it a shot. So that looks fun. Um, I don't have it written here, but I did pre-order because um, it's a digital game. Uh, my friend Pedro, which is a like Matrix type slow motion sort of shooting game, which is coming out for the Switch. That's actually from a uh, Devolver Digital, I think that's the name of the the developer. Uh, it went on, it went up for pre-order for like fifteen pound, uh, and that'll be coming out next Thursday. And that, now that I'm in the Nintendo section, I just thought I'd sh- throw that in here. So, have you seen anything from that game, uh, my friend Pedro? It's like a sh- it's like a slow motion. Shooting thing to where you kind of have to plan like, okay, I'm gonna jump here, shoot, and and do that sort of stuff. It's like a 2D game. Have you seen any of that? I uh, know nothing that jumped out at me. Um, like I said, I don't own a Switch, so I don't really pay that much attention to it. So okay, cool. Uh, Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo Olympics game. I'm interested in this. It's been a long time since I played one of these sort of Olympic type of games. The last one that I played was uh, Mario and Sonic at the Winter Olympics, which I can't remember what year that came out, but I was at school, so it was somewhere between somewhere uh, either 2010 or before that, because I remember playing it with uh, my friends at um, at uh, school. 
and stuff came out for the I'm pretty sure that was a Wii game um, that came out. And it I want to say that's 2010, just because it might have been, the yeah. uh, London Olympics were 2012. So mm-hmm. I mean, I was still friends with those people a few years after, so it wasn't like mm-hmm. definitely not after 2010. Um, yeah, it might have been the it was 2011 Winter Olympics or something. Anyway, um, yeah, we played that as like a cool, uh, like group kind of game competition, all that sort of stuff, and it was it was pretty fun. So uh, I'm excited to go back and see. You know, Olympic games can be kind of fun. It doesn't really matter who our players necessarily uh, or who the characters are, I guess. Um, and yeah, that might just be fun. Um, did you ever own a a Nintendo Wii? Nope, never owned a Wii. My parents, weirdly enough, did own a Wii, so I have played it a mm-hmm. bit, but it just never really had the chance to really own the console with a game that I really wanted to play that much, so... Okay, cool. Uh, but that's coming out, I think they said that that's at the end of this end of uh, this year, but I can't quite remember. Um, I didn't write the release, down, the release dates down for everything, because you guys can look uh, those up if you want to see when some of these games come out. Uh, but that looks interesting. Uh, I'm going to switch my notes around a little bit here. The Witcher 3 is coming to Nintendo Switch. Robert, how do you feel about that? I gotta admit, I'm a little surprised at that. Yeah. Not because the Wii isn't getting the the Switch isn't getting third party support. Because I've said several times that it's getting a lot of third party support. I'm just honestly surprised that they could get that game to run on the Switch. Mm. Yeah, it will certainly look downgraded but as long as it runs well is is mm-hmm. what matters so i mean it's a sprawling beautiful open world but uh hey you get it on the go it's the full package with blood and wine and heart and stone i believe is what the other one's called because it's the uh definitive yeah. package uh so if you're on the go and you travel a lot and you want a long game this is definitely going to be a long game <laughs> if you haven't played the witcher because uh, even the main game on its own is is several several hours long uh, and then you've got the expansions as well. And it f- thoroughly finishes off the story in a really, really cool way. Uh, so if you haven't played The Witcher and you're interested and you have a Nintendo Switch, you have a lot to look forward to. As long as the game runs well. Because if it doesn't run well, then that's not great. But uh, we shall see if it does and stuff. So yeah, The Witcher 3 is coming to Switch. It's really, really cool. So uh, I mean, I'm not going to play it on Switch because I've already played the entire game. Um, and I don't have time at the moment to replay an 80-hour, 100-hour game on the Switch. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed The Witcher 3. I think it's a fantastic game. And uh, yeah, it's going to be great for Switch owners. Banjo-Kazooie is joining Super Smash Bros. Um, Robert, how do you feel about that? I mean, more DLC is always good. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stuff that you're more going to talk about falls in the category of I don't own the game, I don't own the Switch, so it doesn't affect me a whole lot. But they did kind of market, uh, you know, Smash Brothers Ultimate as everybody's playing. Mm, everyone's here. This this has everyone. So yeah, mm-hmm. they announced one of the other uh, Dragon Quest. Characters, the main game, the the main guy from Dragon Quest Eleven, the one that you've been been playing. I think that's Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be joining Smash as well, so that's kind of cool. Um, and that game is also also going to be on Nintendo Switch later this year. I think it's September twenty seventh, uh, which I'm looking forward to playing because I remember like you've brought up um for like a couple of weeks been play- that you've been playing that game, and I said I'm gonna play it as well but when it joins the uh, switch or when it goes onto the switch so i'm looking forward to that as well um yeah, yeah. it's a perfect switch game i mean it's one of those games that you can knock a couple hours out of exploration 
situation and playing when you're like on transit or something, you know, trying to get from point A to point B in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, very classical in a turn-based JRPG. So cool, nice. So that's coming to Switch as well. Uh, they didn't announce Banjo any of the games coming to Switch, but maybe that'll be next year. Because if they're doing the crossover with Dragon Quest, I don't know why Banjo wouldn't end up on Switch. Uh, but maybe they're kind of saving that for another time. We shall see. But, um, yeah, and then they said we have one more thing, which is very exciting, and they teased a Breath of the Wild sequel. Um, I mean, I'm going to ask you the same question. How do you feel? Um, I mean, were we going to get a Breath of the Wild sequel? Probably, but this is a cool kind of announcement for them to do. Um, and, yeah, like I said, as somebody that enjoyed Breath of the Wild, it took me a little bit to get into it. You know, there's a lot of mechanics to learn, and there's things that you learn through the game, and it could be a tough game at times to play, especially when you run out of swords, like I did. And you can't attack any enemies because you don't have any arrows either. Uh, it can be tough at some points. But um, I enjoyed the game a lot. Uh, and fighting the Divine Beast and all that was pretty fun. So yeah, I'm pretty excited for a sequel. When will this come out? <laughs> Before George's book for Game of Thrones? I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, fun question. Do you think that... Do you think... What comes out first? George's Winter Winter book or Breath of the Wild 2? Uh, Breath of the Wild 2, just because George is doing the game that we don't know anything about, but they yeah. just announced that he's doing the game with. Mm-hmm. Um, and his attention is clearly divided. Uh, I'm not shocked that a Breath of the Wild sequel is coming out. I mean, that game sold millions of copies. I think at mm. one point between the regular game, the digital game, and the collector's edition, the game had actually sold more units than the units of Switch sold. Uh, which is impressive in any right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it getting a sequel is kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, past that, you know, I that's one of the few games that I would actually buy the Switch just to play that game. But I've got so many games to play, and it's <laughs> not letting up anytime soon. It's not letting up at least till I finish Cyberpunk 2077, and that's at least June of 2020. So that's almost that's almost a year total so yeah yeah um what was the thing? i mean yeah like this is another one of those like of course there's going to be another zelda game because there's also going to be another mario game they just haven't talked about that one yet so that was it yeah. for the nintendo direct and they fit all that within 45 minutes so uh and there was more games in there that i didn't talk about because i'm not quite as interested in in some of them but a lot of them look pretty good. I mean, they talked about like Astral Chain and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which we knew were coming out. Um, but yeah, that does is kind of the way to go. The direct, like you fit all those games within 45 minutes. Um, you don't slow down much. You talk, you stop every now and then, and you talk about certain things and you tease things. But yeah, it's a pretty good way to do things for the future. Uh, so I'm going to quickly run through my predictions and see what I got right or wrong. Uh, it doesn't ultimately matter, it's just a bit of fun. Ubisoft, Splinter Cell, no, Watch Dogs 2, uh, why did I put Watch Dogs 2? You guys know what I meant, another Watch Dogs, that happened, which was cool. Uh, no Assassin's Creed, no Mario and Rabbids DLC, so that's kind of one point, I suppose. Microsoft Battletoads was shown, uh, dates for Ori, yes, that counts, yes, I suppose. They said that Ori's coming in spring, so I suppose that counts. Uh, Gears 5, they gave a date for, <coughs> and a 2020 thing for Halo, which they sort of did as well. Uh, new Xbox talked about, but no full reveal. That was almost exactly what they did, because they talked about it in depth 
uh, with all the cloud talk and everything, but they didn't show it. Um, so, but with no full reveal because they didn't show what it looked like or its its name or anything. Uh, dying light date. I don't remember what they give what they gave, but I think they gave a dying light date out as well. I think uh, it's one twenty as yeah, well. But for, for dying light, uh, one studio announcement they did do that, which was um. D- D- Double Fine was it? Let me scroll up quickly. The uh, Psychonauts. Yeah, it was guys. Double Fine. Yeah, Double Fine. Um, with that, um, two reveals from new studios. You'll note, you guys will notice that I didn't write down the Ninja Theory game. That's because I d- I'm not interested <laughs> in that game. Uh, even though I did fully say like, okay, they have my full support for the future and everything, and like I'm interested in their next games. It doesn't mean I'm going to play guaranteed everything that they make because I'm not interested in a 4v4 multiplayer game and it's just, that's just that. I mean, in terms of what they're going to make next, which is, you know, their next game they're going to make with Microsoft, that was, it seems more like something that I, I might play depending on what that's going to be exactly. So, uh, this just seems like kind of an extra game in between Hellblade and what they're going to be doing next. So, uh, that's that. Uh, Cyberpunk info, we definitely got all the info for Cyberpunk with a full reveal, so that's interesting as well. Um, so I got some stuff there, Sony didn't show up, so let's scroll right past them. Do you think Sony will turn up in like a week with a state of play or something? Or do you think they're just gonna stay quiet because they talked about Death Stranding, basically? Maybe in a month, but past that. I mean, I don't really know of any game that's exclusive to the PlayStation platform that hasn't been talked about. Mm-hmm. On some, unless we got a release date for like Sekiro or um, you know The Last of Us Two or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we'll see when Sony decides to talk next. Bethesda, slight apology for Fallout seventy six. They apologize for Fallout seventy six. Uh, with some kind of content reveal for the game, they did that twice. Remaster of an old game that didn't happen. Wolfenstein Youngblood. Those both happened. I'm just going to scroll past EA. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've got written Star Wars Apex, all sports, and they talked about that stuff. But, yeah, I've I've said my piece with EA. So, uh, clearly, I'm quite disappointed with them. So, um, I mean, even if the, the Star Wars game is good, I'm still... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, Nintendo knew new info for Metroid 4, which we kind of knew was going to happen, but I wrote that down. Prime Trilogy HD for Switch, they didn't talk about. Uh, updates on games are shown in most recent directs. They, they did talk about uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance and Astral Chain and a couple of others like Luigi's mentioned. So that was that as well. Uh, Link's Awakening date, they gave that. Um, Stadia, I mean, yeah, Stadia came out and said what they said. So, yeah, that was kind of e- that's E3 for, for 2019. I'm just going to scroll down quickly and look at my uh, rankings for the conference for conferences. Uh, again, this doesn't mean too much. It's just my fun kind of rankings for everything. Uh, I put Nintendo at the top. I think that they won E3, at least to me. Um, I mean, they have several games. I have several games from them written down that interested me, and even things outside of that that, that they talked about as well, like Astral Chain, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. They still talked about them. Still gave information and stuff. Uh, so they won E3 for me. Um, I don't have Stadia or E3 written down, and then uh, Square and Ubisoft are kind of tied because they both have, you know, one's got Watch Dogs and one's got the Avengers. I'm pretty much equally excited for both, and then I've got Bethesda at the bottom, which are kind of equal because they both talked about like a few games I'm interested in, but I don't think either of them did a worse job necessarily than the other. It was kind of weird how Microsoft showed certain things, but. 
I, yeah, I don't know. So, um, how about you? I mean, I'm not asking for like a full ranking, but who do you think uh, won E3 this year? Uh, as weird as it sounds, I definitely think Square Enix came out on top just in terms of fan reaction. Mm. I mean, as much yeah. as I'm not going to play any of the games that they announced, the sheer cheering and noise and exuberance that they made with Final Fantasy VII and all that definitely put them at the top. Yeah, uh, Microsoft's definitely hard to beat because, I mean, they were the big dog at the conference and they definitely didn't disappoint. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the games I'm obviously, you know, eager to play, but obviously, you know, kind of got a side eye and the worry too with uh, Cyberpunk 2077 just because it's been delayed so long. There's always a possibility that so much has changed with the initial thought of it that it's just going to flop. I hope it doesn't, but you know you can't completely discount that. Yeah. But they've definitely you know shown that they're here to stay and they've got full reins on the future. So it's basically their fight to lose. Uh, Nintendo being a close second to that because they've stayed in their own lane and they've done what they do and they've clearly succeeded with that. Mm-hmm. Um, past that, everybody else is just playing basketball on everybody <laughs> else's court. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on EA and Stadia? Stadia, I give zero chance to just for the data usage and the latency. You know, that's still 20 years ahead of it. Basically, Stadia is now as to what VR was in the 90s. I mean, VR is just barely become usable now. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the late 80s, early 90s VR games and VR movies, uh, go watch Johnny Mnemonic, go watch uh, Hackers, and look at early stadi- look at early VR movies, and just think that's you know streaming games now. It's at least 20 years off from any real usable functionality in terms of mass production and yeah. mass market. Yeah. Um, I was going to say some other stuff about EA, but I, I, yeah, I've, I've said my piece on that, which I've said yeah, multiple times. So that's beating a dead horse. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, the other thing I will say is that my FIFA 18, um, career mode save got corrupted. So I just start again. Uh, cause me, me and my dad just finished the season. And that's never fun. Yeah. Me and my dad just finished the season, uh, signed a bunch of players, uh, got hazard on a free cause he had a six month contract to expiry thing. It's a football thing. So, um, like we we built a really good team. We had this front three of um, well, front four of Messi, Martial, Dembele, and Mbappe. All really great players. All really good form. We go to play our um, I think it's Community Shield or Charity Shield game at the start of the season. That's the winners of the, the league and or the FA Cup. But if the if the if the team it's the same team that won the league, also won the FA Cup. It's the team that came second. Anyway, we had that match against Man City. Went to click on play match and the game just crashed and there's uh, I tried a whole bunch of different things and it just wouldn't get past it. So what I did was go into club transfers, put all the players that we had brought like Mbappe, Hazard, etc. on the team and we just started a new season. So that's a shame. But yeah, that's that. So um yeah, I'm still looking forward to E how do you feel about E three in general? Do you think like it's still kinda dying or do you think that um I don't know, how how do you feel about it going I forward? Don't think I suppose? It's dying. Per se, I think it def- definitely does need to change. Um, I mean, a little bit, yeah. electronics changes, the world changes, how we view and use and consume digital entertainment changes. It definitely needs to update on some level what that 
is, I don't know, but it does feel a little bit stale. Um, and so I'm definitely interested to see what they do next year to try to freshen things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they might, most of the big retailers might start going towards, uh, what Nintendo does and just is like a pre-rendered thing. Um, it's not a bad thing, but you know, the worst thing you can do is just copy somebody else. So yeah, I, I hope they just do their own thing and do it uniquely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens next year. Obviously, with E3, obviously we got uh, Microsoft have to talk about more Project Scarlet stuff because it will be out six months later after that point. Uh, so we'll see what happens next year. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Um, yeah, you can send in if you have any thoughts on E3. We we will discuss those in two weeks when we come back. Uh, so let me just give you a very quick note. Uh, give everybody a quick note. We will be I'll wait for my calendar to pop up. Um, we'll be not having a show on the 19th of June, but we'll be back on the 26th of June. There will still be content on the 26th and on the 19th of June, some scheduled stuff. Uh, there's also going to be, a, well, Classic Reviews are still going to be continuing for Season 2, so check out those when those come out as well. Uh, the 26th will actually be the 5th episode, uh, yeah, because we did, yeah, three, four, yeah, the 26th will be the 5th episode, and that will be the last one before the break, and then it will come back the week after iZombie finishes. iZombie finishes its series finale on the 1st of August, so it will be either the week after that, or the week, um, yeah, some point around that, around that time, look out for Classic Reviews when it returns. Um, so yeah, Random Gaming Talk will be back on the 26th, but there will be other content. You can find all of that on entertainmenttalk.org. But like I said, uh, if you have any thoughts on E3 or gaming or any of that kind of stuff, you can still send in anything you want to say to us. Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter etalkuk, there's the contact page, there's also information in your show notes. Uh, all the content on entertainmenttalk.org, look out for it. Uh, check out the, the, I didn't want to label it as an interview, I did ask Nikki questions and stuff. Uh, but we had like more of a chat, so it was, it's talking with uh, the Walking Dead's Nikki rap. Uh, please go and check that out as well, because uh, yeah, it's a big highlight for us and for me personally. Uh, it's kind of a big highlight for myself personally as well. Go and check that out. Go and check out all the content that we've got um, on either the website or the podcast feeds that we have as well. If you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk. We are on Patreon. Entertainment Talk is on Patreon. You can check us out over there. Uh, we have an Amazon affiliate link. If you'd like to shop on Amazon, uh, we'll get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. iTunes feeds, please rate, review, and subscribe to those. Uh, if you don't want to review, review the feed, you can rate it as well. Uh, and make sure you subscribe, because then you'll get sent the new episodes when they come out as well. Uh, word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Of course, if there's anything related to uh, Nikki that any of you guys have been playing or watching, like Walking Dead or Psychonauts or anything like that, uh, please tell your friends, family, and people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. You can share the posts on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter. That always helps uh, us out. And if you're allowed to put them in different Facebook groups, you can also do that as well. Uh, lastly, video games. If you want to watch me, Robert, or David play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch. Robert streams on Mixer. Thank you all very much for listening. Hope you all had a good E3. Enjoy the content, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. But stay tuned for the rest of the content. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>